welcome back to Cosma Community of Self Mastery. And I am Dr. Danae Arias. I'm a metaphysician. And I am here with Nico Zamora to continue our conversations that the intent and purpose is not to tell you what to think, but to get you questioning everything. Hey, Nico, it's so good to be back in the studio with you. Sure is. We took a little break. Uh, <laughs> not life in, happens. Yeah, life, life absolutely happens. And you got to roll with it and go with the flow. But um, and everything has a purpose. So I've missed our conversations and discussions, um, but I'm glad to be here and get this going again. So with that being said, we had started a really interesting conversation on the way to get coffee. Um, And I think it's something that needs to be talked about and people need to hear. Um, because there's just so many shenanigans going on. Quite a bit of shenanigans. Yes. <laughs> Plenty to go around. So why don't you go ahead and um, kick this off? What has been something on your mind you wanted to have a conversation around? Sure. I've uh, So growing up, I've obviously had a few different interpretations of what it means to be a man and what masculinity means in that sense. And through that, I've started to notice how these ideas of both masculinity and femininity and like gender roles shape our view of the world and how we interact with people. Yeah, that's a really good Um, topic it's juicy Mm -hmm. and there's so many misconcepts out there and and these aren't new they've been passed down over the decades over the Mm -hmm. centuries I like to call it a program um you know and there's the topic I keep hearing a lot about are we are we living in assimilation? Be that here nor there. Programming is something that just keeps going. It, you just put it on play. Um, but we're here to put a pause on that and say, wait a minute. What if everything we've been taught, what we've thought, what's been made into law or pushed down? isn't factual it's not truth it's man-made concepts for a specific agenda Mm. that agenda being fear um you know it's it's very disheartening that boys, men, the masculine, the idea of masculinity is passed down that to be a man or to be a man's man, um, and men don't cry. They don't Mm -hmm. show emotion. That's weakness. 
that is one of the most detrimental falsities that have such an impact, not just on the individual, but on the community and on society as a whole. Mm -hmm. And if we take it all the way to the root, the root is we are all human beings made up of energy. And part of that energy is our emotions. That's what makes us different from other life forms. And the depths of our emotions. Mm-hmm. To tell anybody based on a concept that a man shouldn't be led by his feelings or shouldn't have feelings and don't cry, be strong, suck it up. That's telling somebody and invalidating who they are at the core. And that, you know, it's somebody's fundamental right to have feelings and to relate to those feelings and to be able to express them. Yeah, I find that, like, on on a general level, like, it is it is pretty generally accepted that everybody has emotions, everybody has feelings. We have our own internal dialogues and our thoughts, our desires, and all of those are oftentimes men are taught to repress them and to ignore them and that... Almost as if this idea that you feel emotions and you have feelings is some innate problem within you as a man that you need to overcome. And in doing so, I find that it offers a lot of cognitive dissonance within men in this instance, because you can't just stop feeling the emotions. They're still there. You're just trying to act like they aren't. And that gets you stuck in this battle within yourself of trying to repress emotions and feelings and never actually looking at them, looking at why they might be there, looking at what they might be serving for you. Instead, it's just like this eternal struggle that has no resolution and benefits no one. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so spot on with that. Because that is, that's, that's how shadow became. The repress, the repressing of those feelings and that the idea that it's bad or wrong or weak uh, is just, well, we see, we see what it's done. It's so <laughs> limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's created chaos, just complete barbaric chaos. And what I'm, not the words greater society, that's not really <laughs> where I'm trying to go with that. But when we can get to that place of really unpacking this and understanding that that's 
the core part of us. That is the part of us that experiences life at such deep levels. And if we're taught that that can't be shared or expressed, you know, we're teaching these false ideas, false beliefs of how somebody based on the idea of what a male is, what masculinity is, and it has to look like this. And if it doesn't, then you're less than, you're weaker, you're not worthy. And we talked about shadow. Um, I know we're always talking about shadow and uncovering it. But uh, this is that programming, how it gets programmed differently in a person who is in a physical body of if you if you grow up in an environment that treats you as a man and i put quotes around that right. um you are taught how to interface with the world differently than other people because you aren't taught to interface with your emotions or your feelings but rather with logic and reason and all of these other things that are really just meant to exhibit and exert control on your surroundings exactly and with that it is often led to this battle within men and i'll use i'll use myself for an example for this my idea of worth of self-worth is tied to my ability to make money and provide for people around me which gets very murky and difficult when that is not exactly something that I can control fully. And given the the way that the world works, it is often kind of luck based on how much money you make and all of that, um, getting into positions, blah, blah, blah. But the concept that that is what determines whether or not I am a good person is entirely manufactured and is there to have this void within me that I search for external validation to fill. Right. Exactly. And it's a programming. And it goes back to that whole thing of worth that is rooted in this duality based paradigm. And when this is I like how we're how you've brought this up because men face these unique challenges that are different from the women and their expected roles uh, and what have you but in society not only with what you were saying that then there's this expectation 
that a man needs to not only be the provider, be the comforter, be the security, be this strong wall that never gets anything wrong, but yet gets beat up if they, you know, aren't living up to this idea or they show emotions or they have different ideas of how they want to be in life. And this external um, barrage of that's wrong, that's wrong, you're less than if you're not, you know, this poster person. Mm-hmm. That at that subconscious level attacks people at their core. And it's not even attacking with truth. It's a design. It's a design of somebody's better than somebody else. The haves, the have nots, the, you know, if you look like this, you sound like this, dress like this, act like this, you're worthy. Mm-hmm. But if you come from the other part of town, another country, or any sort of difference, your idea, any sort of uniqueness, then you're not acceptable. You don't fit in. That is such a personal attack that affects every area of one's life. I think it's also important to point out that these criteria in which you're supposed to live up to change throughout time. A specific example is like uh, the idea of kind of a crude word, but I'm going to use it for this instance of fatness of being of, of being heavier than what is now considered to be healthy and average, which there is a whole debate about that to be had. But this idea that, Nowadays, we are to be thin, lean, toned, have no excess body fat on us. And that is what is normal, what is good. Whereas historically, it was a sign of status and wealth to be heavier. Because that meant you had access to more resources and you could have more food, which would directly lead to that. But it wasn't until sometime in the 16 or 1700s i believe when the transatlantic slave trade started and they started noticing that africans were heavier than the european counterparts that fatness became a problem that it was a sign of laziness or uh gluttony things like that and so with that criteria shift throughout time and it kind of like if you once you once you realize that it helps to break down this idea that you are living up to standards that don't exist. Yeah. That the whole reason why they're there is simply to keep you stuck and feeling entrapped and that you will never be good enough to be what you to 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 get the validation or whatever it is that you feel you need to receive. Exactly. The program of the five human habits. Judgment, guilt, condemnation, blame, and shame. And it is an absolute false narrative 
to achieve exactly what you were just saying, to stay enslaved instead of understanding or seeing the perspective of the uniqueness in each person, each race, each culture, whatever it is, however somebody chooses to show up and express themselves. Because that's fundamentally, that's our purpose. And that's a right that we have to be unique. It's what how we were made. And we have <clears throat> gone through all these changes in society over the decades of what that is and what that looks like, the status quo, like you were saying, and how that can change. In all of that, you know, we were talking earlier about red pill and blue pill, you know, which one to take. What if the question really is, don't take any? It's all the same. It's just more buckets of judgment, more buckets of shame, whatever it is. And embrace the oneness of each, of, of all, but the uniqueness of each. And however somebody chooses to show up in their life, it's their life. And they get to choose how they want to be, how they want to act, how they want to look. That these criterias of judgment about how somebody's size, what they look like, their skin color, all of that criteria is bullshit mm -hmm. the true criteria needs to be the heart of the person the soul that's where the true wealth beauty and life is the outside appearance and how somebody wants to be or dress let each person be who they are this fear base of <clears throat> those five human habits is literally a fear-based program. And it's so, can't even think of the word. Um, I don't know. But it's very limiting, this idea that you are, that there's that there's a good and a bad that you are to live up to or fall short of, yeah. I suppose. This idea that it is just that simple, that there is a right and a wrong is very is comforting to those that haven't been afforded the ability to look beyond and question what they're told. Exactly. And that's that can be very scary to do for so many different reasons. But that's exactly the fear we need to face because that's that false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. And when we can stare that down and question all of it and allow ourselves the freedom to find the answers for ourselves removing that false narrative 
of good and bad, right or wrong. And to express ourselves and decide for ourselves what is right. And in doing that, that's not infringing on anybody else's right or beliefs. And to bring it, bring it into something that's a little bit more practical and rather than just theory and philosophical. Um, in my journey, it took me realizing and fully dismissing the idea that I am a good person to fully or to, to start actually looking at myself and what it is that I'm doing. Cause I spent so much time trying to build this narrative within me that justifies that I am innately good. And when I, when I sat down and started to look at myself fully outside of this narrative of good and evil, it allowed me to actually see what I was doing and seeing how that is and seeing the effects that that is causing rather than simply sitting there and trying to justify what I'm doing. Right. And that's some of the most important dialogue one can have with themselves, that inner dialogue. Because when we do that self-critical dialogue and judge ourselves or go down that path of, well, if people really knew how I thought or felt, they wouldn't like me or they wouldn't accept me or I'm not okay this way. All of that inner dialogue is repeating that outward projection of the judgment, guilt, condemnation, shame, and blame. Mm -hmm. Where's their compassion, grace, and love? and acceptance in that that's what has been missing that's what has been taught you shouldn't do that that's wrong that's been kind of villainized that um that fear base it's too scary to look at that and that translates in real life like when you're something happens and then you start beating yourself up about it then you work through different layers of emotions and you get to that it's like a rock you get to this point where you hit it and it just feels so dark and scary to look at that and that fear comes up. That's mm -hmm. where a lot of us stop. And this is part of the evolutionary process of this journey we're on. We stop short of really looking at that and questioning that. Instead, we go mayday, mayday, can't go there, back up, turn around, and do whatever we need to do to not look at that when that in fact is absolutely what we need to look at open that door rip that band-aid off shine the light and learn to embrace all of us especially those 
parts of us that we've been trying to live up to or whatever. And being able to question everything and allow ourselves the grace to answer truthfully and honestly and be okay with that, no matter what somebody else outside of us is going to think or feel. I think it's important to point out with that, that it is not exclusively what people outside of us will think or feel because at some point in our lives, we internalize that and it becomes what we think and feel about ourselves. And it is that judgment that you really need to step out of and recognize that it's there and step out of in order to objectively look at yourself in any way that is going to be, uh, that's going to foster any kind of growth. Yes, absolutely. Because the most important relationship anyone will ever have is the one with themselves. And essentially what we do is what's being done on the outside and in society, we internalize and do that to ourselves to be able to help society come out of that individually. First, individually, we have to do that Mm -hmm. as we do that individually, then it becomes collectively because as we do that, because we change so much, awaken whatever word you want to give it that inner has an energetic effect the butterfly effect to those around us those we come in contact with now it becomes a community effect and then it spreads Mm -hmm. that's how society and the masses start to change but it starts within us individually you can't guide someone along a trail that you yourself haven't walked. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we're really starting to see that more, how like it's up in our face, like an octopus sitting on our face. We Mm. can't get away from that now. I think that's been covered up for a long time that there, um, have been people, whatever, you know, walks of life doesn't matter that try to lead through theory, not through experience. And that's created a lot of confusion as well that energetically hits that subconscious narrative that's playing out that shadow side, that that ego. Our, our egos are generally looking for something that is going to already confirm the cognitive biases that it has. What it already thinks of itself, it is going to look to solidify. And uh, our unique and wonderful ability of being able to step outside of the ego and choose to assimilate information that is sometimes even antithetical to that that is internalized by the ego is 
one, I mean, it's a beautiful gift in order to just learn, introspect, and grow. But it is also integral to understanding each individual person's place within the world and also their own idea of self-worth and what fulfills them. Absolutely. 100%. And it is the greatest, scariest journey anyone can ever take. But it is the most fulfilling. And that's what it's going to take for real change the way that needs to happen and that we all crave is by doing that inner work, that self-introspection. And that's what the powers that be, the paradigms that be, are afraid of. Because that's truth. That's freedom. That's oneness. That's coming from heart and coming from love. And that's what, through the centuries, has been oppressed and pushed down. And we've entered a time, there's no going back to that now. This patriarchal paradigm, the cracks are getting bigger. It's crumbling down. The tower is falling. I think it's important when we, especially when we talk about societal things, like the status quo and the powers that be, to understand that it is not some like dark shadowy cabal or malicious entity that is there simply to do and enact evil upon people but is also in and of itself a symptom and a victim of patriarchy and the way that society is built it it exists to enact control in order to continue feeding itself. Not because it has the desire to enact control, but because it has the desire to survive. Absolutely. It is the collective consciousness of altered ego. It's not, like you said, it's not a cabal, a, a government entity. It's, it's, in, it's, in, it's energetics is what it is. And it's playing into that whole paradigm um this there was um in when you were talking i had wanted to um point something out and it just totally escaped my mind <laughs> um because this topic is so juicy mm-hmm. and we can go so in depth with it um, but, oh, what what you had said about ego in and of itself looks to fulfill its own narrative is mm-hmm. so true. That is, it's how that universal law of attraction works. If you think about Murphy's law, Murphy's law is if anything bad can and will happen, it's going to happen. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy, because if that's where your attention is, that's where your belief is, 100%, that's going to be your experience. That goes back to 
the how I mentioned the energetics before, another way of saying that is the electronic and the magnetic. The magnetic side of life in the law of attraction, it attracts like energy. Well, how can it attract like energy? Where is that energy being sent from? Um, and that comes from our feeling side of life, our emotions. And we will attract people, places, experiences, friends, what have you, um, that we need to play out that those thoughts, those feelings, our belief system. So that's why I tell everybody, question your own beliefs, question things that have been told to you, you know, and we're meant to change. We're meant to grow. We're meant to really reevaluate at different phases in our lives. You know, what I believed years ago, does that really align with who I am now? Is that still what I believe after doing all the inner work, shadow work, self-introspection, whatever words we want to give it, but doing this work, am I that same person? Absolutely not. My beliefs had to change because I no longer aligned with that. It just didn't resonate with me anymore. I was done with those experiences. So now I'm making different choices. I have different beliefs, feelings, and thoughts, and perceptions. And my life experiences are a direct reflection of that. And I feel it's just important that each person give themselves that grace and freedom and allowance, permission to find that within themselves and for themselves. And it doesn't have to look like how I did it or how somebody else did it. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my goal, my role, my desire is to inspire others to find what's right for them. I want to circle back to something that you had just said and kind of double down or not necessarily double down, but look deeper into that. You had said that you aren't the same person that you were. And that kind of language to me often is used as a way to distance yourself from past actions and oftentimes reinforces our own ideas within our minds that we are good or whatever, um, that it is, it is almost like a, like a, not a cop out, but like a shortcut to not acknowledge and accept what we actually have done and thought. Right. And in, in addressing that, we do go through those phases because we haven't quite yet had those experiences. But each time we go through them, we evolve or we change based on the choices that we're making. Do we still align with how we're thinking about ourselves or whatever it is? If not, and we've changed that 
like for me now, when I say I'm not that same person, it's because I've looked at who I was then, those fears, the roles that I played um, out of whatever, and really owning that owning the, I guess in my, the only way I can explain it, my hurt, my pain, my anger, my way of surviving through life based on my beliefs that I wasn't worthy or I had to be a certain way for somebody to love me or like me or, or what have you. And being on this journey, as long as I haven't facing that in different ways as I evolve or as I break down those constructs and patterns within myself wasn't easy to look at, wasn't easy to sit with those emotions and feelings and feel that out, allowing myself to cry for five hours if that's what was needed or what have you without jumping back into that dialogue to stop that or to deny it or repress it. It has allowed me to, when going within, to step outside of myself, see it from the outside and recognize that those were stories I was playing out out of my own fears and hurts and ideas of love and not having love, which would break down to judgment against myself and others. When tearing all of that down to now not get triggered by those emotions or those thoughts like I used to and reflect on them and just go, oh, okay. In situations like this, when I felt small or inadequate, dumb, less than whatever it was in the moment and recognize behaviors that I would call now lower vibrational thoughts. Heavy, in lower vibrational, I mean heavier, denser, judgment, guilt type of thoughts. To release the ideas, the thoughts, judgments, and beliefs around it. And just, I don't want to say just let it be. But let my heart. Accept it, love it, recognize it, and then try to release it. And I know trying when I say release it or people say you just need to release it, we do need to release these heavier emotions and thoughts, but how each of us learn or figure out how to do that for ourselves will be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, 
spending a lot of time sitting in those emotions while learning to unpack them and to pour love around it or acceptance without outside validation or opinions, learning to give it to myself. That was a whole process in and of itself on the process, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's why I say I'm different now in the respect that when I get triggered or inner, not triggered or have an experience that ego wants to make a story about to catch it, stop it and go, well, wait a minute. I don't even align with this thinking anymore that again, whatever it is, I'm not smart enough to do this or whatever. Uh, And to stop and just go, no, you know what? Nope. That doesn't feel right to me anymore. This is how I perceive it now. And more of a openness. Um, Not taking everything as a personal attack, even when it's me attacking myself. Does that make sense? Yes, although I don't necessarily think it was addressing what I was trying to ask. And I might have just worded it incorrectly. I, when it comes to looking at this as different chapters in our lives and such like that, I find that it allows us to distance ourselves from past selves. And in doing so is almost like like we're putting on a suit of armor to protect ourselves from having to address, recognize, and understand why it is that we were the way that we were. Um, and I'm not saying this is specifically in your case. I'm right, just, right. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it because for me, I would look at past beliefs that I had and would be like, oh, well, I'm a different person now. Like, that's not me. But it was me. And that part of me still does exist somewhere. It's just now I understand where it was coming from and why it was manifesting in the way that it was. Exactly. And that's why I was saying that we revisit this. So we, it's a part of the process. This is like um, seasons. Like we have winter, spring, summer, fall. Energy has seasons. We revisit this type. Um, I, I say we have, there's one mountain, but many ways up the mountain. But as we go think of a spiral up a mountain, we kind of revisit the same type of things. This is our chance to really look back at who we were, how, why we did things, why we thought we, you know, did what we did, whatever. and. As we evolve, and you know I've explained it like a video game, mm-hmm. you you don't clear everything on that one level. You have to, you clear some stuff, you go to the next level, then you go back down, you revisit, got to grab more stuff, and it gets deeper and deeper. So there's, and this is part of that journey 
where we go deeper. So yes, we first recognize those parts of us, then we repress them, then we recognize them again. Then we decide, you know, do we want to go deeper with it? What is the meaning to this? And it's think of like it chipping away. But each time that we go through it or we choose to look at it, question it, accept it, whatever, that's where we gain more growth and we build upon it to where at some point on the journey, we come around and we embrace that. We look at that and go, well, that was who I was. I did that. I didn't like that. I was uncomfortable. It may make you feel uncomfortable looking back or whatever, Mm -hmm. but accepting that this is that forgiveness that I talk about that self forgiveness and that this, this journey is inch by inch, inch by inch. It's a cinch yard by yard. It starts to get hard. And for me, and this is how I teach it. It's a daily thing. Self mastery is daily. We're always working on ourselves. It's not a one-time thing where we go through this, it's, dark night of the soul, so to speak, one time, and then we embrace everything and it's all, you know, love and light. No, that's not how it is. We go through it multiple times and we grow through it and we learn to embrace ourselves. And the more that we can learn to accept all of us, embrace ourselves, forgive ourselves for how we were, how we thought, how we acted, whatever, Give us, give ourselves that grace, that compassion, that validation that we've been seeking outside of us. We get to have these different experiences where in the past we would have reacted or had a completely different dialogue. But it is more of an, you know, in increments type of evolution. I think it's I think it's important to understand that these chapters that we find or that we view in our lives are not something that we know in the moment, but are instead something that we attribute retrospectively. And with that, it is important to understand that the process and the journey of growth, introspection and self-mastery is not something that you've got like quizzes at the end of the chapter and then you know that you're moving on to another unit it is instead like if we're gonna go i'll bring it back to a to a metaphor of like chipping away at something right you have a big block of marble and you are slowly chipping away at it refining it into the sculpture at the end of it it's still that piece of marble it's still the same piece of marble that you started with throughout the whole process it is still that piece of marble You've just been refining it. And which is why I find that the idea of I'm no longer that person or uh, uh, this idea that past chapters in our lives, we no longer, we, we don't see as being ourselves is disingenuous to this idea of growth. You're right. 
And because the truth of it is, that's, it's, I call that altered ego. And altered ego will always, because it's also part of who we are. But it's so imperative for us to embrace that part of us. Accept that part of us. But it doesn't mean we have to react from that part of us. Mm -hmm. But it will always want to try to come up and get us back to that place. Because as you're saying, you're right. That is still a part of us. It's a choice of are we going to act from that ego, altered ego, old energy way, or are we going to make that different choice because we know thinking that way, reacting that way, whatever, it became painful in some sort of way and we didn't align with it. That's where we get that choice. And I think how you said there's not that quiz at the end to know if you level up. There isn't in that sense. But when altered ego shows up and there's that opportunity to go back to an old way or react in an old way. Or not and just saying, hey, I recognize this is. An old way. But I'm not aligned with that anymore. So I'm going to choose a different way to express, be, or what have you. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that always is going to happen. That may be your intent, but that altered ego was a survival, another way to put it, survival way, how we got through life. That can pop up at any time and even surprise you. Yeah. And with that, that is, that is what I meant by it is retrospective is you only notice after the fact, you don't have a checkpoint prior to the end of the chapter and then you move on. You you only notice later on when that becomes normal is not the word that I'm looking for. When, when you, when you are no longer doing thinking whatever it is that you previously thought. So it is, it is only in looking back. Do we notice that we have moved forward? Right. Exactly. And that's why it is so important to reflect back. And the reason I use the word reflect is because I teach, I don't want you to attach to the past just reflect on it because the contrast of the denser energy or lighter energy. Um, There's so many different ways to put that, but the contrast in life. If we don't reflect on the past where we've been and how we've changed, We that dissonance that you were talking about can easily come in and throw us off balance. Not sure if I'm following that one because I in in my head when I'm talking about dissonance, it is about 
what we what we feel versus what we think is where that dissonance comes from. And at least in the way that I'm talking about it. So if we we feel one way, but we are thinking that that way is incorrect and thus the dissonance is in between those two warring internalized ideas. Yeah. And the way I guess I was using dissonance was more of that repression, pushing it away. Um, maybe more of distance, distancing yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Cause a dissonance is when at least, I'm thinking of it musically is when two frequencies don't complement each other and oh, okay. there is uncomfortableness in the fact that they aren't complementing each other, um, which is the opposite of resonance where two uh, frequencies overlap and enhance each other. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, I see more like a distance or yes, uh, or almost like a repulsion almost. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, no, I've lost. I've lost the train. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's how we roll. I guess. I guess to bring it back to the original topic of of masculinity and further further step with the dissonance. Um, men and boys. Well, starting at boys, you are taught to not feel. And to only think logically, right? You are to think through things and you are to control situations, control outcomes. Um, and that is antithetical to not only the way that the world works, but also how we interface with it. We don't get to control most things. We don't, we aren't offered that liberty most of the time we are passengers to what the outside world is doing and internally is oftentimes at least for me i see it more like there are few things that i do control and then there are other things that are almost like rule sets that i'm bound by in order to interface with this world right right so I can control how I react to things because that is, at the end of the day, that is something that I choose to do, to, to maneuver the earth suit to do. But I also don't fully get to control the emotion that reacts to it. So the initial emotion that reacts to the stimuli is not something that I control but I control what I do with that information. Right. Yeah. And, you know, on self on the journey of self-mastery, learning to control the emotion is different than what we're taught. I'm doing this in air quotes mm -hmm. in the matrix. Um, and as soon as I did the air quotes, all thoughts just left my brain. 
we're taught that controlling emotions is actually just repressing and not feeling them to the point that they don't exist, which is a bastardization of the idea of stoicism. Yes, exactly. And that's not, there's, that's a con, it's a man-made concept. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the original idea of stoicism back in, in ancient Greek ph- philosophy was that it's not that you don't feel emotions. It's that you see the emotions, you feel them, and you are able to observe and react to them outside of the emotion. The goal isn't to get rid of that part of life because, I mean, in, I'm, I'm sure most people can agree that that is the most beautiful part of life is the feeling and the emotion, good or bad. Um, but... Stoicism was in order to make more quote unquote logical decisions, we need to step outside of the emotion in order to evaluate the emotion. Right. And we see where that's gotten us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, the, the idea of stoicism nowadays isn't that it is, it is to just act like emotions don't exist. And that creates an out of balance because the emotional side of life is how we manifest experiences, how we, <laughs> that's that magnetic attraction. So if we have dual emotions going on, we attract dual energy experiences to us to validate both of those. Mm-hmm. And the stronger the feeling based on history, meaning somebody's own unique history with that feeling and those experiences. And I'm sure we've all heard people say, you know, I keep having this experience over and over just with different people, or why is this always happening? This is how it always happens. And I always bring it back to, well, what are you thinking? What are you feeling about it? Because the universe is here to validate what you're sending out to magnetize to you, which is what you're feeling. Thinking and feeling go hand in hand. And how do you control emotions without repressing them or pushing them down? It goes back to challenging our own beliefs, questioning our beliefs, opening up to new perceptives that balance, um, that if we, we can always have, um, we can always have, that's not what I want to say. (laughs) You and I can have, be in the same room, see the same thing, have the same experience go on, but relate to it in completely different ways. There's no right or wrong. We're experiencing the same experience, air quotes, Mm -hmm. through unique filters because of our own life experiences. It doesn't make you right, me wrong, me right, you wrong. It is what it is based on our uniqueness, beliefs, and experiences. 
And Interesting. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Uh, cut you. No, no, go ahead. Interestingly enough with that, I think that I personally got a shortcut to that kind of perspective, given that I was born colorblind. I literally do not see the world the same as most people. Right. And so with that, it was it, it was so much easier for me to understand the concept of individual realities. There is, there is a world that exists and that we live in it, but the way that each of us understand it and interface with it is entirely unique. Absolutely. Reality is relative. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, that's a whole nother deep topic we can get into. <laughs> with that we I mean there are so many legs to this and I look forward to continuing it but I'm getting really hungry (laughs) it is time for food it is it is so with that I think we should wrap it up here I have so enjoyed this conversation I look forward to um, our next one And for those of you listening, if there is a subject, topic, comment that you would like us to talk about, let us know. Send us an email. um, And that information is below. And we'll kick it around and possibly talk about it on the show. Mm hmm. All right, Nico, thank you for hanging out with me. Let's go get something to eat, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. From our heart to yours, we send you love, grace, and compassion. Alakai. Bye, everybody. 